You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. For the past couple of weeks, we've been going through a series of episodes where we are sharing our thoughts on all things brand, marketing, and storytelling. For the life of this podcast, we've always interviewed other ministry executives, asking them to share their insights on marketing, strategy, fundraising, and a long list of other topics. We felt it was finally time to share our own thoughts, insights, and ideas, and that's what this series is all about. If you want to know where we stand at Reliant on all things brand, marketing, and storytelling, contextualized to the ministry space, this series is our attempt at sharing those insights. We've been going into pretty good depth on every topic, sharing how we handle really everything that we offer as a service. If you're just joining us, be sure to check out our previous episodes. Each episode is sort of designed to expand and build on the last. In the last couple of episodes, we've discussed documentary storytelling. We shared our pre-production and production process, and today we're going to focus on post-production. I've said this before, this is the exact same process that we use when we work with our clients. So if you're wondering how we create our films, I've shared everything in these episodes. All right, let's get started today discussing post-production. I've shared this quote by Seth Godin in our previous documentary storytelling episodes. Marketing is no longer about the stuff that you make, but about the stories that you tell. Again, in the ministry sector, it could read like this. Marketing is no longer about your services or statistics or strategies, but about the stories that you tell. The stories of your beneficiaries' transformed lives are powerful, far more powerful than a video that talks about your ministry's history stats, or strategies. It's time to start telling the stories that show how God is working to transform lives through your ministry. He deserves the glory. His church deserves to hear them for her edification. The stories of his transformational and redemptive work will engage your audience with more power than any other marketing technique you could possibly come up with. For the last couple of weeks, we worked through the pre-production and production stages of our documentary storytelling process, and now we've arrived at the post-production stage. This is where all of our hard work comes together. If you're a national partner or missionary, you might have shipped your content off to ministry headquarters at this point to handle the editing process, and that's not a bad idea. If you're at a ministry headquarters, content has been delivered and you're ready to start putting everything together. If your national partners have followed the structure up to this point, then your job placing content into the outline structures should be pretty simple. No matter where you're at in this process, this is where the film is made or broken. Editing is where incredibly creative films are made. It's also where stories can fall apart. In the ministry context, this is where it's so important to stick to the structures that we've outlined. We've talked about structure at length. This is where structure matters the most. This is why it's so important to find a replicable story structure so we don't lose focus in the end zone, in the final minutes of the game, 
our fine, our film falls flat. This episode should be pretty quick. Although the editing process can take a significant amount of time to execute, there's not as much time required to teach the basics of the process. I won't be going into the theories and advanced editing techniques in this episode. If we wanted to go technical, we could, but I think that will only serve to confuse. The goal of this episode is to simplify the production process so that we can begin creating content at scale uh, or with high levels of output. If we get too technical, that'll only serve to defeat the purpose of these episodes. As you perfect what we will teach in this episode, you can then begin researching various editing techniques and theories in order to increase your creativity. I'm also not going to spend time teaching video editing software in this episode. There are endless how-to videos on YouTube that can help you understand the inner workings of Adobe Premiere, Final Cut, or iMovie. This episode will simply lay out our post-production process, and it will apply across all of the technical platforms that I just listed. All right, so we've got our content from the field. It doesn't matter if you created that yourself or if it was sent to you. The content should be on a hard drive with backups. And now you've got your content in your editing software of choice. The first thing you want to do is start rough cutting your interview footage. Lay the interview footage on the timeline and cut it at each of the separate question and answer points in the interview. Because you followed our our documentary interview question resource during the interview, your questions should follow in order of the hero's journey structure. If some of the questions got out of order, make sure that the questions and their answers are laid out on the editing software timeline according to the hero's journey structure we outlined in the pre-production episode and many of our other episodes. At this point, you should be tired of hearing about the hero's journey. Remember, the structure goes as follows. A character has a problem. They meet a guide who calls them to action and gives them a plan that results in transformation and change that they apply to their new life. Your film should follow this structure, and your interview or your narrative, depending on which kind of documentary style you chose, will be the piece that drives the storyline according to this structure that we've laid out all throughout these episodes. Now that the interview has been laid out on the timeline in the correct order, you'll want to remember to remove the questions at this stage in the process. Remember, you should have had your interviewee answer the questions by repeating the question. Now that you're in the editing process, you should know what question was asked by the answer that was given rather than from hearing the question itself. If it's not clear what question was asked, keep the question portion and put it on another layer on the timeline. Once you've assembled your interview content, we can move to overlay your B-roll and drama or recreation scenes on top of the interview answers. Place the B-roll on top of the interview questions that match that B-roll or drama scene. This is still a rough cut and assembly process. There shouldn't be any fine editing taking place at this stage in the process. You also might find that you have B-roll that applies and fits to multiple parts of the interview. It's okay to copy that B-roll and apply it to multiple sections of the interview. You can decide later in the editing process what B-roll fits best with what question. But for now, feel free to lay the same B-roll footage on top of multiple interview questions or pieces. Lastly, lay down the audio for the film and match your natural sounds to your B-roll. You can also rough lay your music at this stage in the process. 
Your music might change in the editing process, but you can at least lay down music according to where you think it'll fit best. Once you've got your footage assembled and organized on your timeline, you can start the editing process. And at the end of the day, the editing process is the organization and removal of content. You will not and cannot use everything you created in the production process. The pre-production process is partly designed to alleviate some of the unnecessary fluff, but you're still going to get rid of a good portion of what you filmed. The goal in the editing process is to tell you tell the story you want to tell in the most efficient way possible. As you cut up your interview, focus your close-up shots on the areas of interview where you want to portray the most emotion and intimacy with your audience. As you work through and edit your B-roll, find a balance between your close, medium, and wide shots. For example, if you film someone cooking and preparing a meal, keep the movement in the film going as you cut between wide, medium, and close-up shots. Unless you have a, a reason to linger on a particular shot, move from one shot to the next fairly quickly. A good rule of thumb is to not go beyond three, four seconds on any single clip. A couple of tips to keep in mind while you edit. You can make edits and cut from one scene or shot to another on a variety of moments in your film. You can make edits and cuts on action. Say your interviewee moves their head or hand abruptly. That action can be a great time to cut to another shot. You can make an edit or a cut on dialogue, either at the end of a sentence or maybe on the strong pronunciation of a word. You can make an edit or cut on beat changes in music. That's why it's helpful to have your music roughly laid out on the assembly stage. Now, some higher production films will end up creating a specific score or music track for the film. And in that case, the music won't come up, come until the editing process is complete. But in most instances where the audience of this video is concerned, that's not going to be the case. Custom scores for films can be incredibly expensive. Some things you'll want to avoid and take note of. Unless you're making a film that's specifically going to land on YouTube, avoid making jump cuts. Jump cuts are where you cut and edit on gaps in the interview conversation and connect the interview footage so it looks like the interview jumps from one sentence to the next. It can be an abrupt and jarring thing to see for the viewer. This is where the role of B-roll really shines. B-roll was designed to cover up those jump cuts in an interview. Jump cuts in your interview are fine as long as they get covered by the B-roll. Or if you're creating a YouTube vlog style piece of content, and, and that's not the case, much of what we've discussed in these documentary episodes becomes irrelevant anyways. If you're still wondering what a jump cut is, go watch a couple of YouTube vlog style videos. The person talking in the video will cut out the natural gaps in conversation in order to make the video move quicker and keep the audience's attention. If your film is specifically designed for YouTube, it might make sense to make jump cuts. This is another reason why it's so important we know the audience and the places where our content will land. We talked about that in previous episodes. Now, as you work through your edit, just keep in mind that the role of the editing process is to cut and remove anything that doesn't support the story you're trying to tell. Even if you have to remove one of your favorite so shots from your production process, remove it if it doesn't serve the story well. For filmmakers, this can be the most difficult thing to do. We've worked hard in the production process 
and we want to keep the coolest and most creative shots. But if they don't serve to support the story, they shouldn't be in the film. Think about movies like John Carter, Battleship, and Pacific Rim. Incredibly visually stunning movies that did a poor job of telling a story. These films were visually stunning, yet they flopped at the box office because the story suffered. Beautiful shots are great and can serve our, our films really well, but only if they serve the story first. We have to always think about the story first. Again, another argument for the story structure we've discussed so far. We know it engages well. Once your film is edited and cut together, once you've got your music and audio finalized and your film is edited exactly how you want it to be seen by your audience, then you can start on the last piece of the editing process, and that is color correction and color grading. Color correction is the process by which you walk through all of the shots in your film and correct things like black levels, exposure, contrast, and white balance. You want to make sure that all of your footage is consistent throughout the entire film in this process. Color grading is where you will make changes to atmosphere and tone. If your film establishes a problem or need at the beginning, the color grade during that part of the film might look dark and gritty. Once the film turns and starts discussing the hope or the transformed life, the color grade might turn bright, warm, and clean. The color grade is going to help visually support the emotion taking place in the story. In the same way, music can be used to give the audience's feelings of tension or fear in a scary movie. Color grading can visually pull emotion out of the viewer without the viewer even noticing. And the last piece of the puzzle is feedback and critique. Once you've finished editing the first draft of your film, export the film and send it to your friends and family and all the creatives that you know. Ask them to give you feedback. Ask them to critique the film and make recommendations for how the film might be better. Now, you might get feedback on things that you can't change and that's okay. It can also be a painful process to ask for critique. You've worked hard on this film and put a lot of time up to this point. Asking someone to give their opinion can be difficult, but it's a helpful process and will serve to help develop and make the final result stronger. Make sure to ask people to be honest. If you want to avoid feedback on things you can't change, ask the people you share your film with to focus on key elements in the film that you want them to create or critique. Give them specifics on what to focus on. For example, is there a good balance between interview shots and B-roll? What do you think of the color grading? Did you find that there was a nice balance between the conflict in the story and the hope? How did the film and the story make you feel? Did the film feel too long or too short? Did you feel like it had missing information or was enough communicated in the film to get the message across? Ask them what they felt the moral of the story was or the message that they think you were trying to portray or convey. If it's not obvious, you might need to revisit the questions you're asking in the interview or revisit how much of the interview you included in your final film. Filmmaking is very similar to photography in that you can only learn so much from episodes and and educational content. Real filmmaking talent and skill comes when you actually start practicing, shooting, and editing content together. It takes practice. It's a time investment. But it's critical that we learn how to tell stories of how God is moving globally through our ministries. And it's critical that we learn to tell these stories 
within the context of where audience's attention lies, and that is in video. For his glory and for your ministry's sake, we need to be doing this more often. We have to communicate where audience attention is, and more and more audience attention continues to focus on video. We need to tell stories well in that space if we want our ministries to see marketing success. We shared this in our previous two episodes, but this is the very documentary storytelling process that we outlined in these episodes and the process we follow when we create films for our ministry partners. It's the very same process World Vision followed when they created the film Messenia, a film they'll be releasing soon if they haven't already, a film that I believe will transform the way the way ministries tell stories into the next generation. Like all of our other content, I've made our documentary storytelling resources free and available on our website, so there's no excuse not to use the resources. Please take advantage of these resources and use them to your advantage. Print them out and follow them step by step. It'll bring clarity to your video storytelling process and make a huge difference in your final production. And with that, we've wrapped our documentary storytelling episodes. We've got a few more episodes left in our series Get out there and start creating content. There is no shortage of stories showing how God has transformed lives. Let's tell those stories together. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.